It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks, where we need to be having conversations about all these things that are going on in Colorado and our country. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Uh, that's americhicks.com slash Kim, and I'll keep you apprised of upcoming guest topics and important events. Loving that website, Producer Steve. You know, I, did, I look at it again this morning just for general information that I need to, you know, get ready. I just... I can't, you know, commend Zach enough for the work he's poured into this thing. It is just looking incredibly professional, uh, informative, you name it. It's uh, it's fabulous, and yes, I have invested in this new website, and it is it's it's so nimble. When things happen, we can change it, and uh, it, it's great. So really, uh, go to my website. Be sure and check that out. There's all kinds of great information, and one of the top things there is you know we are doing this really cool um, book promotion with Laura Carno. <clears throat> She's written this book, Government Ruins Nearly Everything: Reclaiming Social Issues. From Uncivil Servants. It's a really quick read. I'm just about finished with it, Steve. Uh, finished yesterday something regard the chapter on schools. She talks about abortion, schools, marriage, and guns, which are those big social issues. They're hot button. You know, there's a lot of emotion around all of these things. And uh, we'll get into the headlines uh, regarding Douglas County uh, right here in Colorado. The teachers' union, the contract had expired, and so the teachers' union was no longer uh, in Douglas County. And uh, then, of course, we've had these two this uh, school board elections, and then this big mill levy increase. The, the teachers' union said, and we're not in Douglas County, we're not in Douglas County. And they are now uh, circulating, circulating a petition to get back into Douglas County. And while we're doing that, I'm just going to read this from Laura Carno's book. She says, in the most recent international tests among 34 industrial countries, 15-year-old Americans rank 27th in math and 17th in reading. And colleges complain that too many of their freshmen require remedial courses. I, th- I think that we have gotten away from what we are, are teaching our kids. A lot of that is at the foot of the teachers' union. And so anyway, going back to, to Laura's book, if you would like a free book, we're getting down to the last few. You can either get, you know, actual paper book, an audio book, or uh, uh, something as an ebook. Uh, just go to my website. You can sign up. And then all we ask is that you leave a review for Laura. And uh, and all the instructions are on that when you sign up. So, again, go to AmeriChicks.com and sign up for a free copy. There is just a few left. Steve, I, I saw it come through that you uh, signed up for yours yesterday. I was just about to say I laid claim to mine yesterday. <laughs> very good. Very good. So be sure and uh, get your free book. It is it. You know, we need to have clarity on these issues, and Laura has done an excellent job. It's a quick read. Again, government ruins nearly everything, reclaiming social issues from uncivil servants. Let's go ahead and jump in here right now with a little inspiration. 
Uh, Booker T. Washington, you may remember him. He was an American educator, author, orator, and advisor to the presidents of the United States. He was born into slavery and yet became a leading voice of uh, former slaves and, and their descendants. And I need to read his book, Up From Slavery, an autobiography. But in it, he says, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. Great words today of inspiration. And then a little levity before we get into these very serious subjects. Steve, three things. Have you ever thought about this? Junk is something you've kept for years and throw away about three weeks before you need it. Experience is a wonderful thing. It enables you to recognize a mistake when you make it again. And number three, someone who thinks logically provides a nice contrast to the rest of the world. Boys, uh, boys, number three. That's always that's number. There. <laughs> it's there. That's that's for sure. Um, quickly, wanted to mention Vino and Veritas Wine and Truth. This is uh, the events that I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranowitter, Bethany, and his team. Jen Hewlin, owner of Water's Edge Winery for Vino and Veritas Centennial. Maria and Steve Martz. Colorado Cork and Keg down in Castle Rock for Vino and Veritas Castle Rock, bringing you this study of the Federalist Papers. My friends, we've been here before. We need to know why we believe what we believe. And Vino and Veritas, it is robust. It's fabulous. We're going to probably get Vino and Veritas Northern Colorado uh, ready to go in May, we hope. So anyway, more information, go to americhicks.com forward slash Vino and sign up. We're gauging interest on all of these things. And a thank you to our April presenting sponsors, Aaron Boyd, owner of Bullets Both Way for our Centennial Vino and Veritas, and Grant Vanderjack, owner of Auto Fireguard, April's Castle Rock presenting sponsor. And again, more information, uh, you can go to my website. Uh, jumping into headlines here. You know, one other thing I wanted to mention, though. Our presenting sponsor for February in uh, Vino and Veritas Centennial is was Susan Kochevar, yeah, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. You know, Susan is tireless in her care for small businesses and in her care for her business and also in just freedom for everyday individuals. And so this Friday, she is opening the season. It's springtime. She's going to be opening with the movie Shazam. It's about a streetwise 14-year-old foster kid who can turn into a superhero. So for a really fun evening with with the family, go out to 88 Drive-In Theater. Uh, more information, 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. And let her know that you l listen to the AmeriChicks. I greatly appreciate all of you, uh, my listeners, and we work really hard to bring forth uh, clarity to these issues, let you know what's going on so that you are informed and can talk with your friends, family, and colleagues. Uh, Steve, let's jump into uh, our, our headlines here. First of all, Colorado Senate uh, has passed the oil and gas reform bill, and they're sending it to Governor Polis's desk. Uh, you know, and one of the first things that they say is that this is to be done uh, for the public safety. You know, that's the words that they always throw out, public safety, public safety. But, my friends, our air is cleaner here in Colorado than it was 25 years ago. Our clean coal plants, they're trying to shut them down, but yet they provide affordable and reliable and efficient energy. Our new cars are running so clean, but they're wanting to push us to solar and wind. 
and uh, it's very expensive. The technology is not there, and solar and wind are still dependent on oil and gas if we want to have reliable energy. And I tell you what, Steve, we start to have a few days of rolling blackouts. We start to have people that are not able to heat their homes, turn on their lights, and that starts to affect people's uh, safety as well. I mean, I remember back uh, several years ago in uh, with the hurricanes down in Florida, you know, where power was out. Uh, one of the nursing homes, their generators went out, and there were a number of elderly that died. And so when we're talking about the safety and economic well-being of everyday Coloradoans, this is going to eventually, I think, really start to, to affect that. And economic well-being is one of the first things. That's what people really strive for. That's why China has all of these dirty coal plants. It's because people want to get off of bicycles and they want to get, uh, they want to have upward mobility of what energy does for them. And uh, I can't believe that we are going back uh, with what's going on with uh, down at the legislature regarding oil and gas. And so soon I'll be talking about that in the third and fourth segment. But the other part of it is, is in education, uh, the left is, uh, I'm going to say the radical progressive activists that have taken over the left, they're always clamoring for more money. You see it all the time. Of course, we look at Laura's book, more money has not really uh, transposed into results. But oil and gas contributes over $600 million a year to education here in Colorado. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth, Steve. Well, you know our, you know Matt, our, you know the manager of our sister station KLTT. He and I have really great in-depth conversations, and just had this one yesterday. The concepts behind this are laudable. Let's look at going there, but not at the expense of hurting the economy and a variety of other issues. Now, you remember just a few weeks ago we ran, uh, we did the uh, Freedom to Drive thing with Lauren Fix and uh, mm-hmm. Tim Jackson. Now, Lauren vividly painted a picture of where the technology in terms of electric vehicles is not where it really needs to be to go large scale. There are there are still major infrastructure issues and issues with batteries and, and all those types of things. And here's where Matt and I got into I mean, no, we were, when I say get into <laughs> it, I don't mean we were arguing, but we were, we were in agreement. The dogmatism that comes you know, that's coming from the Capitol right now that's saying, we're going to ram this down your throats, irregardless of the fact that the technology isn't quite there yet. We're going to do it. Well, it's really all about control. It, it, I, you know, I, I really think that it is a, a disdain, if you will, for everyday hardworking individuals. First of all, we talk about the education of our children. But uh, we're seeing uh, that the results, kids can't, are not reading. And I mean, we should be at the top in the world regarding math and reading. And we're not. As Laura said in her book, we are 30, let's see, 27th in math and 17th in reading. You know, we want to be number one. But instead of focusing on that, we've got a legislature that's focusing on this uh, sex education bill which is uh, the hypersexualization of our kids. They want to, and, and in it, it, it basically mandates teaching uh, children uh, about LGTB experiences. Wait a minute, we're not sending our kids to school, you know, for that. We are sending our kids to school so that they can have the tools 
uh, of reading and writing and, and critical thinking so that they can go out and lead successful lives. So what's happening down at the legislature is absolutely astounding. And, you know, I was thinking about it, Steve, and I know we're going to go to break here in just a minute, but we're all up in arms about uh, AOC's New Green Deal. But right under our noses, right here in Colorado, it is being implemented one legislative bill at a time. And we still have uh, almost another month of this stuff coming down the pike. And so we may be up in arms about how crazy the new Green Deal is. My friends, it is happening right here in Colorado. So we need to be informed and we need to be talking with our friends and our family and our colleagues so they understand what is going on. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, let's run that AOC soundbite, Steve, um, because uh, there's a lot going on with her. Before we do that, though, uh, the Final Fours this weekend, Michigan State's facing Texas Tech and Virginia's playing Auburn and Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. The Nuggets are in the playoffs. Rockies opening day is tomorrow. And Hooters is the place to watch all the games. Uh, Wednesdays are wing days. You can uh, get all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine. Those new smoked wings, I, I love those. The girls love them when I, uh, I have them delivered to my front door when the girls come over on Wednesdays. And anyway, you want more information regarding Hooters, go to HootersColorado.com. You can have wings to go. You can have them delivered right to your front door. Or go over and watch the game at the restaurant. That's always a lot of fun, too. So, again, HootersColorado.com and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, let's connect some dots with AOC and everything that's going on in Colorado and in America today. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We need to be having these conversations because right under our nose, right here in Colorado, the new Green Deal is being implemented. And this has been a long-term plan. And one of the things that has happened here in Colorado is that we have seen radical progressive activists being trained uh, just to uh, get into the, the pipeline to get on school boards, 
to get on city councils, and uh, and then they get they gain that experience, and then they're moving on up into the the legislature. But interestingly enough, you know, AOC, I think that she is a very formidable um, uh, opponent because of the uh, there's somebody that is the puppeteer there. And uh, it is, again, radical progressive leftists that are behind this. But one of the things that she had, had done, she's been hit with an FEC complaint. And uh, her and her campaign manager, I, I think it's like Chakrit Chakabera or something like that, um, it, which I think that he is really one of the, the people that is, is um, kind of moving the strings with her. And he made a whole bunch of money, I think, out of the Silicon Valley. They had put together kind of a subsidy scheme. They were trying to get uh, money to 400 different campaigns. Uh, and they were doing this in, in a kind of a, I don't know, you might call it a shell game, if you will. But uh, they were trying to get around the uh, uh, campaign finance reform laws. And uh, so they're trying to put in a team and, and get people into all of these local elections. And then you see right here in Colorado, when it doesn't work at the state level, they want to then push down that control down to the, the local level. And while we were sleeping, our city councils and our school boards have taken been taken over generally by the radical progressive activist left. But, Steve, you had found a soundbite by a young student that was addressing uh, uh, these issues regarding AOC. Let's hear that. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm CJ Pearson. In a speech in which she was expressing discontent about the amount of people that had come out against her Green New Deal, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that she was the boss until someone came up with something better. Now, Congresswoman, let me teach you something that you should have learned in your high school government class. You are no one's boss. America is a government for the people, by the people. So if anyone is the boss, it is we. We the people. We are the reason that you get paid every month through our taxes. We are the reason that you even have a title, the title of Congresswoman, Congresswoman. And so to listen to you drunk on power as you sat on that stage was nothing more than a front to the office that you hold and an affront to the role of public servant that you have in our society. Now, I understand that maybe you slept through that class just as you slept through economics quite evidently in your time at Boston University, but it is something that you need to know because it's something quite obviously you were unfamiliar with. No one works for you in this country, Congresswoman. Maybe just your boyfriend, but no one else. No one, no citizen, no voter, none of us work for you. You are no one's boss, okay? Isn't that cool? Yeah, and you know what? We used to teach uh, civics classes in high school. And, and well, and I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, when it was uh, President Washington's birthday, we learned about President Washington and the founding of America. When it was Lincoln's birthday, we learned about uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, uh, he really looked at at a new founding for America as we wrap, you know, worked on this issue of slavery. And within, you know, 70 to 80 years after this little country was founded, we went to war to make sure that no man could be uh, the owner of another man. And in a way now, Steve, it seems like the federal government wants to own all of us now. Uh, you know, when once the income tax was uh, put into place, that meant if a person worked harder 
uh, if they you know worked longer hours, they took risks, were successful, and created more income, then then the government would take more of that. And that was a very dangerous thing when that happened back in the the early twentieth uh, century. So to this point, so many elected there the, there's a difference between an elected leader and a politician. And AOC, she does not understand. She thinks that she is the boss. And this young man explained this was this is a country that was founded on an idea of uh, self-governance. And the Constitution wasn't put in place to try to keep this whole thing, to keep the bumpers on the federal government. And another thing that, that uh, we have in our headlines here today is that AOC and the far left is calling for President Trump's tax returns. And instead of governing, they want to focus on trying to take this man down. And President Trump, with his tax cuts, with reducing regulations, we were looking at possibly 4% GDP growth. What that translates into is everyday, hardworking uh, Americans would have more money in their pocket to take care of their families, to start businesses, maybe to go on vacation, to save, to invest. And the radical progressive activists, they're not interested in that. They do not want Trump to succeed and his policies to succeed, because if they do, President Trump will be reelected. And uh, if he is reelected, I think that that could be could be very good, again, for everyday, hardworking Coloradoans. You know, there was one other point. I'm kind of jumping around on on um, on these things. But another headline is many of you may know, and I want to get a, a mother on that she and I have been having a a uh, back-and-forth email regarding vaccinations, forced vaccinations. You know, it, it's a, it's a, again, it's a real emotional issue. Uh, but vaccinations, we are now up to about 53 vaccinations that they are, you know, possibly recommending for children. That's up from nine from when my kids were little and when I was a child. And uh, there's been legislation kicked around here in Colorado about forced uh, vaccinations. But now Polis says that he's going to push that back down to the local level. So you can see how that uh, goes back to what AOC and, and the, the radical progressive activists are doing on the left is to, to get all of these people elected at local levels. And so if you can't get it done nationally or get it done at state, then they're going to try to get their agenda pushed forward on the local level. And... Um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I never am very excited about force. However, I also don't like free riders for some kids to get vaccinations and some kids not. But Steve, very quickly, this is going to take us back to the border. We are letting all these people come in across the border and they have no vaccinations. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that our children are going to be at risk with all these people coming across the border. And and that's why Trump's border border um, narrative to try to get this border secure, to figure out who's coming in is important across a whole, you know, a whole spectrum. So quick comment on that, Steve, and then we're going to go to Jason McBride here in just a moment. Well, it'll sound like I'm disparaging the electorate, and I'm really not. But in the narrative about the issues regarding the border, you know, that we always hear health concerns is one of them. And this is the meat of it right here. Uh, you know, the, the immunization and the lack thereof and, and the common diseases that we think we've had under control, they're not under control. 
Well, and that's for sure. So, you know, to try to, to give you the whole circle on this, we've had, there's a conversation by the radical progressive activists left about forced uh, vaccinations. And I really don't like force. I would really like uh, education and, again, making sure that we as parents know what are in all of these vaccinations. However, I'm also concerned about free riders uh, that, you know, a whole bunch of kids get vaccinated and some don't. That doesn't seem fair to me. So we need to have a conversation about it. But then the third thing, the people that are talking about forced vaccinations don't give a flying rip about the people that are coming across the border and what that can do from a health standpoint to our communities. So we will come back to that. There's so many different issues to talk about. Before we do that, uh, I want to talk with Sue uh, Kinfield regarding 181 and what that means to Colorado and what it means to small business people, small business owners like her. Jason McBride, though, before we get to that, what's going on with the markets? Boy, it's uh, been an interesting move here we've had, Kim. We're seeing uh, some different behaviors in different parts of the market. So recently, the NASDAQ and the S&P, <coughs> excuse me, have been moving up very solidly, uh, getting closer and closer to those old highs. Uh, the Dow has been lagging a little bit, and a lot of that is just due to Boeing having its troubles, and that's the uh, yeah. the heaviest weighting in the Dow. But it's interesting that the small-cap stocks and the mid-cap stocks, uh, they got beat up worse when the market came down. That's, that's kind of normal because they're more volatile, but they haven't recovered as much. So, you know, it, it's interesting. Where can you still maybe find a bargain in this market? And right now it seems like the small-cap stocks may offer a little bit uh, better value than some of the larger ones. Uh, you know, value doesn't always mean it's going to do better, but if you like to try to buy on the cheap, that could be a place to look. Uh, you know, another place that's still relatively inexpensive are master limited partnerships, which invest in pipelines, uh, energy transport, storage, that type of thing. Those have been beat up pretty bad and are still pretty cheap. And, uh, the, you know, a lot of those also still pay some pretty decent dividends, Kim. Okay, okay. Well, if folks would like to have, uh, you know, it's important to have a balanced portfolio, but if for each individual, each individual is different, and so you need to have that personal kind of economic well-being, that personal plan. So you guys, uh, you guys and gals over at Presidential Wealth Management, you can sit down with folks and talk about those nest eggs and uh, really welcome that opportunity with people, right? Well, we can, and uh, when you talk about the planning, that's kind of like putting together the foundation, uh, putting together the frame, and then what investments you put into it to make it work is kind of like the engine and the transmission. Uh, you know, you want all parts of your plan or your vehicle to work properly, so yes, that's uh, what I think we're good at. We're happy to do it for folks, listeners of the show, or, or others. Well, be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Uh, phone number 303-694-1600. Jason, we will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Kim. Bye-bye. Okay. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with Sue Kimfield regarding 181, this oil and gas uh, legislation headed to the governor's desk. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. 
Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We need to be having conversations here in America and in Colorado. We need to know why we believe what we believe. And so be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and uh, sign up for my emails uh, as well. Uh, go to AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim, and we will get you on the list. Uh, offering you a conservatarian perspective, I'm thrilled to have in studio with me, friend and uh, sole proprietor, a small business person, an entrepreneur, uh, Sue Kenfield. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here, Kim. So tell us a little bit about your business before we jump in on the real uh, serious subjects. Okay. I have a consultancy that I work with uh, human capital in the workplace, essentially helping people figure out how to get along, driving down drama and dysfunction so we can increase performance. Um, minimize turnover and basically have people have a more fulfilling experience in the workplace. Drama and dysfunction. <laughs> well, you <laughs> they know. could maybe use you in Washington right now. <laughs> yeah, we are complex beings as humans, and uh, we are often driven by our emotions. So I do a lot of work around emotional and behavioral intelligence, trying to help people figure out that you don't necessarily have to give yourself over to those emotions because they're generally not going to support you in a positive way. Um, it is one of the most sought-after skill sets that employers are looking for, and it's superseding technical skills at okay. this point because they're in such short supply <laughs> these days, and it doesn't matter your age group. Okay. Well, and uh, are you looking for more clients? Absolutely. I'm you know, thrilled to help people figure it out because people spend so much time and energy getting wrapped up in things that are really uh, often have nothing to do with reality and are of so little importance, and it takes them out of the things they need to be doing to be successful and fulfilled. So I'm always happy to pitch in and help people figure out how to make that shift. Okay. Well, today, I'd like to talk with you about Senate Bill 181. This is this uh, piece of legislation uh, that is down at the State House, which basically is going to shut the door on oil and gas development 
here in Colorado. So this first segment, I'd like to talk about what that is exactly and what you see as, as a small business person, how that might affect you. And then in the second segment, let's talk about kind of in emotional intelligence regarding uh, Senate Bill 181. So let's jump in here. Uh, this is uh, Senate Bill 19, and uh, as most of you know, if it's SB, that means it originated in the Senate. So this is SB 19, which is the year, and then the bill number, which is 181. I would encourage everybody to go out and read it so that you know what you are talking about instead of just relying on news articles. Uh, you know, Make sure that you read it because then when you're talking with your friends and your family, you can say, I've read it, and this is really what is in there versus what is being put. Because sometimes they embellish, and sometimes they leave things out. So know for yourself. So Senate Bill 181, it's uh, called concerning uh, a bill for an act concerning additional public welfare protections regarding the conduct of oil and gas operations and in connection therewith making an appropriation. So they're going to put money behind that as well. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, 181? In essence, it's you know, such significant regulations that it's going to, you know, really constrict oil and gas development. It's definitely going to constrict oil, and that's the whole point of it, right? I mean, this isn't, they, they claim this is about safety and what have you, but this is, there's been a hostile environment, unfortunately, in Colorado for oil and gas, um, and we have some of the highest regulations in the state of any state there are there is in terms of um, oil and gas. Uh, exploration and development. And and so it's really striking how the way this whole thing was brought about, that it was dropped on a Friday afternoon. There was no collaboration with the industry on it whatsoever. Um, no deliberation really, uh, you know, at the under the dome either. No, it was written behind closed doors um, without any input from the industry. And that's always a red flag in my mind is, wow, what do you what are you trying to accomplish here if you're not bringing stakeholders to the table? And I think what's important for people to remember, even if you're not a fan of oil and gas, this is going to have a ripple effect across our state that's going to impact industries that support oil and gas. Um, there was a recent story about a steel manufacturer down in um, El Paso County, I believe, and they make some pipe that gets used in the oil and gas industry. This organization was considering an expansion. And that's all been put on hold because they don't know what's going to happen with this bill. And if this bill passes, there's no incentive for that organization to expand. So in that county, they're potentially going to lose out more than likely. On new jobs? New jobs, um, tax revenue. I mean, all the economic development that comes from an organization expanding and continuing to grow. Um, you have people supporting uh, oil and gas in, in health care, in retail, in hospitality, you know, the restaurants, uh, the tax, the, the taxes that come from that industry support education, health care, transportation. It's an enormous amount of taxes that are going to leave the state if this bill passes. Um, for me as a small business owner, I look at my clients and think, well, why would they invest in the services that I provide if they're struggling to just kind of keep things mm -hmm. going? And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that oftentimes the development of your most important asset is the one that's kicked out the door first when the economy starts to retract. And I believe the economy will retract in Colorado if this thing passes. 
Well, and to that point, you know, when when you get into survival mode, though, as a company, you know, you got to make sure that you keep the lights on and keep the employees that you have or you know, try to keep the employees that you have. I mean, they might even start to have to lay people off. I already know of uh, one company that is looking to leave. It's a small little company, but to leave Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're either going to go to Wyoming or they're going to go to Texas. And uh, so then what happens is you're going to start to see, I think, housing prices Decline. Oh, absolutely. As a homeowner, I'm concerned. You know, it'll hit the counties that are heavy in oil and gas first, you know, like Weld County, but it will spread across our state because there's no incentive for people to move here. This is part of a series of bills that's creating an unfriendly business environment in our state. I mean, if you have a business and you're looking to move somewhere and you're looking at what's happening in Colorado with a number of these measures that are perceived as essentially anti-business, uh, I wouldn't move my, my business here in Colorado. And so the states, and it's a domino effect. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. on your uh, show last week, you were talking about Tabor. and Which is the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Right. They're going to have to raise taxes somehow to make up for the gap if oil and gas is restricted in our state. That, that's just math. And because that tax base is supporting a number of industries in our state. Once that goes away, you got to figure out how you're going to continue to support health care, education, and transportation without that money. Well, and that, you know, it's at least $600 million just for education. Yeah. You know, and so it seems to me uh, that, you know, these radical progressive activists that have taken over the Democrat Party, uh, really, it's the bolder Democrats that are, have taken over the state house right now and their particular agenda, which, uh, I mean, when you look at that agenda, uh, it, it's closely related to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's new Green Deal in, in what they're really trying to push forward. And so while we think that uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez is is so radical Uh, It's actually happening. She's just putting, it's actually happening right here. Right. And unfortunately, the people here in Colorado are the ones that are going to experience the consequences of that. I think for me, in terms of specializing in what I do with emotional and behavioral intelligence, I I watch how these things come about. And this is such an in-your-face approach that the Democrats have taken on this bill, much to what we talked about before, crafting it behind closed doors, not engaging the stakeholders in terms of what, what do we need to be mindful of here. There's no bipartisan effort on this whatsoever for one of the largest industries that we have here in our state. And that, to me, is such an arrogant approach and one that's, you know, in your face to the voters, particularly who voted down uh, Proposition 112, because they were concerned about the very things that you and I are talking mm-hmm. about that would have happened if 112 passed. This is even worse than 112. And it's just like a big... And 112 was that piece of legislation that was presented in November. And it went down in flames. However... Underlying on 112, there were people that voted um, against that, but I know that they are concerned about, you know, clean air, and and, and so I, I think we need to continue to message about the benefits of oil and gas, and also, you know, we have very strict regulations where I think one of the strictest uh, 
states in the nation regarding oil and gas development. And so the industry has come together. They've worked together with government. And uh, certainly, you know, these all these people that work in oil and gas, they're our neighbors. They right. want clean air and clean water as well. But what we're seeing is, I mean, there's been, there's always going to be some give and take. Mm-hmm. And um, having reliable, efficient, uh, responsible energy is so important for the vibrant middle class, for people to be able to go out and create their businesses and go after their hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand the uh, concerns of those in the um, environmental movement. Um, bills like this are not the answer. I mean, when we were going through this last year for Proposition 112, um, I got educated a lot about, you know, the importance of an all-above uh, energy approach. Um, wind, solar, uh, natural gas. Um, Nuclear, yeah, water, uh, it's everything. And so this trying to eliminate uh, a segment, I mean, oil and gas isn't going to go away in the nation. It's just going to leave Colorado. And so while they may be trying to drive um, Governor Polis's agenda for 100% renewables um, for whatever year he wanted that to happen, um, the damage that they're going to do in the process, um, I, Governor Polis could be, you know, the guy who presides over one of the worst economies that Colorado is going to experience in a very long time if this gets passed. And to John Hickenlooper's credit, um, he he worked with the oil and gas industry. You know, this this misconception, this misrepresentation when they rolled this thing out saying that our oil and gas measures hadn't been updated in over 60 years, I think they were saying, that was just a false, that's a falsehood. It's an absolute lie. And this is the challenge that I have with the way they're doing this is they're basically manipulating the voters to think something's happening or hasn't happened um, that's not correct. And they're trying to instill fear in people to get this passed. Well, that's the thing. When somebody has a habit of not telling the truth on this, and, you know, typically they have uh, the habit of not telling the truth on other things as well. And, uh, you know, it, it is, it's truly a bold-faced lie. I want to go to break. When we come back, though, you mentioned wind and solar. And there is nothing that is perfect. Uh, wind and solar, they rely on... Um, rare earth minerals that have to be mined in typically third world countries. But Sue Kinfield, let's go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're talking about Senate Bill 181, how that affects uh, small business people. And then we're going to talk about emotional intelligence on that as well. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516.
Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me Sue Kinfield, good friend. Uh, she is an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and we're talking about Senate Bill 181, where, uh, Sue, you mentioned in the last segment on uh, Senate Bill 181, there wasn't any conversation going on between the proponents of it and industry and also regarding have a conversation with other legislators about it as well. Yeah, there doesn't appear. It appears there were, you know, um, a couple bill writers who crafted this bill behind closed doors. They dropped it on a Friday afternoon on people, um, stunning the industry, I think. I mean, we all knew when something was coming. Yeah, that something they were going to try to do something. But I'm the thinking. strategy was closed doors. Yes. Friday afternoon. Yep. And so it showed no collaboration whatsoever, a complete disregard for a significant industry in our state that employs and impacts you know over a hundred thousand people. Um, that to me is just not a really great approach. Let's just say it's not an emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. approach. If what you're trying to get is um, to, for people to buy in. So there's this difference of do you want to engage people to work on something that's in the best interest of our state or do you want to be in power and shove something down people's throats because it's your agenda? And this is looking a lot like the latter. Yeah. Actions speak pretty loudly on this. Let's Talking a little bit about this on an individual level, I was in the San Francisco airport last month. And I was sitting there, you know, waiting for the bags to come uh, off the, um, you know, the baggage carrier or the baggage uh, claim. And there were a couple of guys that clearly looked like they had probably been trekking like Mount Everest or whatever. They had, you know, uh, they looked like they'd been out for a while. They had their backpacks, you know, fully, um, you know, fully packed. And I was looking. So I'm making an ass- assumptions that, that, you know, they may not be oil and gas lovers. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I was making that assumption. So let's say that that's the case. But then I was looking at all their equipment, their shoes, the clips for their, uh, their backpacks. Uh, I just kind of looked at them from a petroleum standpoint, and I'm looking at all the petroleum products that went into them being able to go backpack wherever they had gone. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about, uh, you know, I like my little Patagonia uh, jacket that I wear in the winter, and that's from a petroleum product. Right, yeah. uh, my phone right here. You know, it's from a petroleum product. Uh, makeup, which normally I really need a lot of that at 6 o'clock in the morning, that comes from a petroleum product. Mm-hmm. I mean, petroleum products make our lives better. Everyday, hardworking people that we would have those opportunities. Your toothbrush. Your toothbrush, right. Um, and when we talk about wind and solar, you mentioned an all-above approach, and I think uh, that's a great idea. However, I don't like a lot of government subsidies. I like these things to be able to to work on the merit of, of free markets. Sure. But... Wind and solar is not pure. No. Uh, because you have to clean your, those solar panels on a regular basis. So that's probably soap, water, some kind of chemicals to do that. Uh, these wind turbines, they don't, they don't work when the wind isn't blowing. Right. And the, uh, the ingredients that go into those 
many of it, uh, parts of it are rare earth materials which are having to be mined in third world countries. And so this idea that wind and solar, non-renewables is totally pure and that oil and gas is bad, that's an incorrect narrative. Yeah, I, it definitely is. I, I had a business associate who was really conflicted. Um, they were working in the oil and gas industry leaned, you know, more towards environmentalism. And it was a real internal struggle and an internal conflict for this individual. And we were able to talk through, you know, to to get this person to really take a look at these other forms of energy and tell me which one of them has no negative impact. And they couldn't come up with one. But it was a really great exercise for them to put it in context, what they had heard all their life about oil and gas, what they had internalized about that message that probably didn't have a whole lot to do with reality, and that these alternatives are so much better. But until this person took the time to take a look at what those other alternatives were, how they come, up, come into being, um, what the impact of those are, it was it was really interesting to watch that transformation. And it wasn't a political conversation in any way. It was really just about, let's take a look at, you know, if you want to go all wind, well, what does that actually look like? If you want to go all solar, what does that actually look like? How do you have, what, what do you have to do to get solar energy? What do you have to do to get wind energy? Um, and I think that's part of what's missing in all this dialogue. You know, people are fed a narrative um, on both sides, and most of the people don't bother to check the narrative in terms of the veracity of mm-hmm. it, and that, again, is part of emotional intelligence. Um, I came across this interesting quote from Tony Benn, who was a British politician, and he said, I think there are two ways in which people are controlled. First of all, frighten people. Secondly, demoralize them. Well, you've got people on one side who are frightened about the impact of oil and gas, And now you have people on the other side who are being demoralized because someone wants to take away the way they earn their living. Wow. The way they take care of their family, the way that they support themselves. And so it's really fascinating to watch this play out. Well, what happens when you introduce uncertainty in the markets? Because you're Mm a former trader, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, An assistant trader. An assistant Mm -hmm. trader. Um, What happens when you introduce uncertainty? in the market you have all kinds of confusion people don't step up to make decisions to invest they pull back on their uh you know they they they, uh you know kind of close their arms up and they just wait they're concerned they're scared Mm -hmm. and you see that play out in the markets right well it's the same with people introduce uncertainty in your industry you know as a worker in the industry whether you're a ceo or you're an engineer Um, If you're uncertain about what's going to happen in your future and it feels like the other shoe's about to drop, uh, stress levels go up, um, fear goes up, uh, that confusion, what do I do? Do I go look for another job right now? Do I kind of hang here and see what happens? Maybe they'll transfer me to another state. Um, People forget what happened in the mid to late 80s when oil and gas really went into the tank nationwide. Um, Denver... You could get corporate real estate for a song because there was so much open office space. Well, that's another industry that's going to be impacted when this bill gets passed. Because what incentive does oil and gas have to actually stay here? Boy, uh, you know, I see that really affecting the housing market. 
you know and and you know that's one of the most important assets that individuals have sure is their home back in the 80s people were walking away from their home because they couldn't sell them given the state of the economy in Colorado. And I'm not trying to be gloom and doom. I'm just trying to... It could to, be a reality, it, though. It could be. We we just have no way of knowing. And unfortunately, once it happens, it's too late. You know, how do you roll this back? If you've, if you've told an entire industry, you're not welcome here, and we're going to make your life so difficult year after year after year, which is what we're seeing... They have to make a decision. Are the assets that they have here worth the fight? Or are they going to pack up their marbles and go someplace else where they might actually be able to do what they're trying to do to support our economy in meaningful ways? Well, and responsible, efficient, and reliable energy is one of the things that has uh, pulled so many people up you know, push up upward mobility up into the middle class, because when you're able to turn on your lights and you have all these different tools that you have from petroleum products, then you can actually go out and create businesses, which you can hopefully, you know, make money and uh, take care of your family, which all that is a great ripple effect throughout an economy that, that is growing. So, Sue, emotional intelligence, I guess there's two things I'm looking at this now, uh, There's this opportunity, you know, this idea that regular people can go out and create and, um, you know, prosper, which I think is a great idea. Or this other thing is, is demoralizing and demeaning Mm -hmm. and destructive. Right. And that's what I see that a lot of this legislation is doing. And that's what it seems like 181. So we've got a few more minutes. Talk a little bit about the emotional intelligence around Senate Bill 181. Sure. So. Just to give people a general understanding, emotional intelligence is really um, the ability to identify and manage your own emotions and the emotions of others, um, just in a general definition. And what we see happening here, this in-your-face approach with bills like this makes people angry, um, particularly after we as a voting block in Colorado voted this type of thing down just in November we we said, no, we don't want this in our state. Um, so the way they're going about this is really a lack of empathy, demonstrating any kind of an empathy for the impact that it's going to have on people. And empathy is a key emotional intelligence competency. Whether you're a leader, you're an individual contributor, it's it's critical in relationships. And it's really the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, to imagine what it would be like to be in their position or in their mm-hmm. in their life um, it it creates a level of understanding a relatability if you will and so the way this bill has been done and the way that it's moving forward through the legislative process keeps indicating we don't care about how you feel you voted against it we don't care we're going to do this because we want to do it too bad and that where do you go with that other than getting angry, which is not helpful for emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. um, feeling demoralized um, or being afraid? It's all these negative emotions that get brought up in people. And we're generally not at our best <clears throat> when we're having to fight and deal with negative emotions that keep piling on because there doesn't seem to be any positive solution coming. But you know what? You work in solutions, Sue Kenfield. So how can people reach you? Um, they can reach me at uh, suekenfield.com, my website, um, and 
My phone number is 303-791-2807. I'd be happy to talk with them about uh, ways that I can help transform their leaders uh, and their individual contributors so that emotional intelligence isn't getting in the way of success. Okay, and that's suekimfield.com. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Sue, thank you so much. Our quote from for today is Henry Ford. He says, the highest use of capital is not to make more money, but to make money to do more for the betterment of life. So this is Kim Munson signing off today. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. So God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't